Australian Made Week kicks off on May 15th. Look for the green and gold kangaroo logo. Road to the Ashes with Simon O'Donnell and Steve Harmison. Welcome back, everybody, to the Road to the Ashes. Simon O'Donnell, Steve Harmison with you. Thanks to Australian Made. Look for the green and gold kangaroo. Well, for the 17 Australians named in the Australian squad, the journey has started to Birmingham for the first test on June 16 against the old foe, Australia against England. And Matt Renshaw is part of that 17-man squad heading over to the UK. Uh, Matt, there's always a massive build-up as I welcome you to the road to the ashes to a series like this. Do you get as excited as we do or more so? Um, I think probably a little more, um, seeing as I've never been a part of an Ashes squad before. So this one's a bit more special for me, especially sort of given my history as well. Give us your history of playing over there. Have you played some county cricket, league cricket, those sort of things over the journey, Matt? Yeah, I've played three three years of county cricket. And then I played, when I just finished school, I played for the MCC Young Cricketers and a year of league cricket that year as well. So... Um, spent a bit of time over there playing cricket and, and loved pretty much every minute of it. Steve and I have been talking about the differences of batting on Australian pitches to bat- batting on English pitches. Do you find there's a difference? Yeah, there's probably probably the biggest one, especially for, for me from Brisbane, is, is the bounce in the wickets. Um, I don't know. The, the league cricket wickets can be very interesting at times as well, but the... Um, the county wickets uh, are a lot better than them. And, yeah, they, they tend to offer a little for bat and ball. But, yeah, it's just the bowlers are always sort of in it because the, the low bounce and balls can just go underground at any random time, I feel. Right, we won't be getting dry squares like we did in the India. They've they got water, I reckon, over here. I yeah, they probably won't spend as much as those Indian ones. <laughs> no, I, I don't think they will. Yeah, Matt, what about the ball that you're going to play against? You said you've had a couple of years playing in, in county cricket, but the ball, the Duke ball, is completely different to the Cookaburra ball. What sort of technical changes do you feel as are you going to need? And seeing you go in as an opener in Australia here in New Zealand, um, the difference between batting at five and batting at number one? Yeah, I think the Duke ball just probably has a lot more challenges with than the Kookaburra. Uh, a lot of different challenges as well. So I find the Duke ball obviously swings a lot more than the Kookaburra, but I think bowlers nowadays are trying to use less of that swing, um, trying to use more of like a, a C movement and then the occasional one that, that swings. And that's probably the toughest part. As a batter, I think with a Kookaburra, if, you're not, if the ball's not swinging, you know it's not going to swing. Whereas a Duke, you can be chasing three, four overs and it not swing. And then all of a sudden the bowler just... Pulls one, one swinger out of its hat and, and, and knocks you over. So that's something you've really got to be um, ready for it with the Duke. It can always do something even in the, the 79th over of a, of a ball. Matt, we're so used to watching you walk out at the start of an innings and then in India we saw you coming in you know, in the middle order. What's the mental difference for you in preparing to bat at the top of the order and in the middle? Um, I think for me, I've always opened, so it's a lot easier. Sort of, you know when you're going to bat, you know that how long you've got to prepare. Um, the ten minute changeover or at the start of a match. Um, but number five, you sort of you start with your pads off, and and then you're working out when 
to put your pads on when you need to start switching on about the game. Um, and that's probably the toughest part for me. Like normally as an opener, if you're sitting in the dressing room, you've been dismissed already. Um, you're not sitting there waiting to bat. So it's a completely different mindset in that sense. So you've just got to be really on with your preparation. And I think I've, I've developed that a, a lot over the last few years um, and working out how to best manage myself. There's, you see a lot of different guys go about it different ways. Like Pete Hanscom sleeps um, before he bats. So he says he gets drowsy and just goes with it. So um, some guys have different plans like that. Um, I'm probably more of a chat and make jokes around with the people around me. So um try and keep myself up and about and, and try and not to, to be too fatigued. Hey Matt, do you fancy not fancy coming over? There's quite a few of... Australian squad already in England. Uh, do you not fancy coming over and trying to get uh, what we would be getting some stick? You Australians are getting some stick for coming over and having a net before the Ashes. But you think that's going to help some of the Australian players? But some of them have been experienced in English conditions before. How much is it going to help the guys going into that World Test Championship and then the Ashes? Um, yeah, well, I, I was over last year for the full summer with Somerset. Um, and then in December, we recently had our, our little girl. Um, so we're a bit of a life change for us. And then being away in India for six weeks and then New Zealand for the A-Tour, just thought it'd be best for, for me to have a little bit of a break. And I think that's probably the, the best thing that's happened um, for a while for me with cricket, just sort of getting back to working out what I need to do and give myself and my body and mind a little bit of a break. But I love love playing counter cricket. I love the... The being able to play every day, every every week for six weeks at the start of the season, and then get a bit of a break while the T Twenty action happens. Um, but no, I think it's it's a great experience for for guys who are over there at the moment, getting a chance to face some of the with some of the test guys being available. Um, I think it's something that you can't really um, discount. It's just the experience of playing with some of the local English guys. Uh, how much knowledge when I my first year at Somerset, I had Marcus Truscothic at the other end, which for a 21-year-old, 20, 22-year-old was, was something that I'll never forget and the experiences I had with him were amazing. And Matt, what about the challenges of playing in England? I'm talking about travels in Australia, you get on a plane and away you go, but there's challenges as well as on the field, there's some challenges off the field as well. Yeah, I think the buses are something you've got to get used to. Um, the county grind is is one thing that you can't really explain to anyone unless they've sort of been through it. Um, probably is a, it'll be a little bit different in a test tour. Um, but, yeah, it's um, a lot different to the travelling around um, in in Australia. You just get on that plane at a day, whereas the, the travelling on a bus can be actually quite nice and nice camaraderie around the team as well. Matt, uh, you had a ripping tour of New Zealand with the Australian AT a couple a team a couple of centuries and, and then that, that bit of time off. Is your preference leading into any sort of series you know, playing right up to the to the series starting or you don't mind that bit of a bit of a mental and physical break prior to a series getting underway? Um, I think it just depends on what um, what sort of stage of the season you're at. Obviously before India we've we've been playing for four or five months. Uh, full on with Big Bash and then the Shield stuff as well. So we've had we had a lot of cricket before that. Probably this is a little different with being um, 
little bit of a break, but you sort of get into a rhythm of cricket. Um, and it, and I think at this stage, it doesn't take too long to get back in. So there will be a couple of weeks of um, sort of training squad with the guys who haven't gone over to England early um, up here in Brisbane, I assume. So we'll be there'll be plenty of really good training between now and then. So that's probably a, another way of going about it. But yeah, I think some people like Marnus Labuschagne just loves playing um, he just always wants to be playing, so that's why he continues to go across there. Whereas some guys need a bit of a break, and depending on where they are at their careers. Matt, what's the Ashes mean to a fellow like you? You've been around the, the circuit a while. You you came on the Test scene as a youngster. You fought your way back. Uh, there's now 2020 cricket, and obviously 50 over cricket still around. Uh, the Ashes as a young man. What? How? How did you? What did you think of the Ashes? Was that sort of a dream for you to think, oh, we've been watching so much of this, I'd love to be part of it one day? Yeah, well, I was born in England as well, so... Um, I won't hold that I against have, you. <laughs> yeah, um, so I've obviously got those memories of probably the first Ashes was that 2005 Ashes. Um, and then uh, we were living in New Zealand at the time as well, so we moved. We came across to Australia for the 2006-07 Ashes. So it was always something that, probably the first memories of cricket I remember watching was those 2005 and 2006 Ashes. So um, it's definitely something that's always been with me and um, always wanted to be a part of it. Um, so I was just pretty happy to be in that squad squad here. When you're on the county circuit, what do they feed you at lunch and tea? Um, just I'm a bit of a man thing. who likes a graze and I, I know that, you know, the <laughs> short time I played cricket in England, you know, for lunch, you got lamb chops, mash and peas. I'm yeah, Lord's is unbelievable. moved on from that a bit. Yeah, I think it's still pretty similar. Um, like it's... potatoes, meat. There's something in England that I've never heard of called gammon, which is just like ham steaks, which I can't <laughs> say I've ever heard of before I went over to England, but it was pretty pretty nice. Um, yeah. it's just you also have it with pineapple as well, though. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've heard Lord's is, um, an amazing meal. Um, I've I played there once with the MCC Young Cricketers, and um, I remember it being great. But hopefully, I'll have it have some chances to eat there a lot more. Matt, before we let you go, uh, you know the the opening spot has been a, a point of conjecture. There's probably you know four of you going over that could could fill um, two slots. Now, how do you how do you go about preparing yourself and and being part of that? Do you prepare yourself to go over? Matt Renshaw, the opening batsman in a test match or a middle-order batsman. How do you go about this? Um, I think it's probably different to how I'd prepare over in India, but I think with the with the Duke ball, you just got to prepare to open and then if you if you get that spot in the middle order, then the, the ball's not that much older compared to what it how it acts in, in India with like reverse swing and that sort of thing. So... I'll go over trying to prepare to be an opener and then know that I can move move my game around pretty quickly to get that middle order um, game going. So, yeah, I'll just face as many new balls as I can cause, or the, the 10, 15 overall balls, which is where when it starts swinging as well. So um, I, I love the Duke ball. I love the challenge that it um, it brings and the, the evenness between bat and ball, and, and it's just quite enjoyable sometimes. Matt, we, uh, we really look forward to this uh, Ashes series. It's going to be a beauty and a real highlight for you. And congratulations on mating, making that 17-man touring squad. And we uh, look forward to watching what you produce um, positively 
over in the UK come uh, June, July in the Ashes series. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt Thanks, Renshaw. Matt. Joining us there, um, and uh, well, it's it's going to be a really interesting time, Harmy, for 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 Matt. You know, he's got those two slots, and it's a touch awkward. I, I know squads are always awkward because there'd be three openers and two keepers and all those sorts of things. But you know, with with the the Warner conjecture, it, it's um, uh, it's interesting reading, and will be would be very interesting being part of that squad to see how it all rolls out with training and, you know, as the matches progress and who's in form and who isn't. Yeah, I think he's got probably one of the hardest jobs on that, in that touring party, because there's two, the two question marks are one and five. Um, and they are two polar, I mean, positions polar apart in England. Mm. Um, so Matt, you know, Marcus Harris is going over there as a backup open and batsman where I think Matt Renshaw's going over there as possible number five, possible number one. And like you like mentioned, it's not like another India or a Pakistan or a, a Caribbean tour um, to how you prepare yourself for that. Uh, I think mentally could be quite tough. So you need somebody that's strong in mind. And Matt Renshaw seems to be that that person. And probably that's why he's been picked by George Bailey and the selectors. Yep. No, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, Matty Renshaw on his way as part of the Ashes squad.